Hello, welcome to episode four of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, and as always, our WHL expert Liz Child is with me. This week, we'll have your WHL headlines, including a trade, a record, and an NHL rookie who's sticking around. Then we'll do your three stars of the week, Minnesota Wild as your team of the week, NHL team of the week, and then our goalie spotlight and our weekly Connor Bedard report. So uh, let's get right into it. What have you been up to this, this week, Liz, and what's on the agenda? Um, I actually have done, you know, a couple features. I did talk last week. I think that I was speaking with uh, Lucas Dragostivic, um, Chase Street Moore. I think that day I was talking to Yara Kikinen, uh, which was a fantastic interview. Like I try and usually keep things to about 20 minutes, which I know is a long time for most people. But I think Yari and I talked for like 30 minutes and I swear we could have gone on for like three hours and it just would have been a lot of fun. Um, but I do have those features out. I, the Chase Street Moore one, I'm still working on. It will be out soon, I promise. Um, I've had a lot going on with the Barracuda in the AHL, uh, which has been exciting, but it's been a lot of change recently. So it's been it's been interesting. Um, but what about you? What have you been up to? Um, it's been a busy week here as well. Lots going on, as always, with the Canucks. I had a chance to uh, track down Troy Terry from the Anaheim Ducks last week. Had a real good chat with him. Um, great, great kid, really, uh, really inspiring to listen to his story and, and very, very humble too, which is always a cool thing to learn when players are already at the NHL level and especially when they're playing on the first line. Um, so really enjoyed that. This week, we're into the second week of the World U17 Hockey Challenge out here in BC. So uh, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. And as soon as we get done here, I'll be on my way out to Langley to catch the uh, tail end of the Sweden-Finland game. And then later tonight, uh, the Red Hot U.S. team is taking on uh, Canada Blacks. So I will be catching them in Delta. Uh, the standouts so far for the Canadians have been a couple of WHL guys. Roger McQueen from Brandon playing for Canada White has been doing well, as well as uh, Berkeley Catton from uh, Canada Red. Uh, and then the other player we need to keep an eye on is uh, from the from the OHL, uh, the 15-year-old exceptional player, Michael Misa from the Saginaw Spirit has been doing well. So looking forward to uh, checking in on some of that and uh, keeping up on all the action as uh, it progresses. And the medal games will be on Saturday, so I'll be there for sure for, for both of those. Um, so exciting. I'm, I just have to say I'm very torn because as an American, I feel like you know, the U.S. team, aside from the fact that they have some outstanding players this year, uh, I feel like I have to cheer for them just because, you know, it's, it's my country and I want, you know, hockey in the U.S. to grow. But Canada Black has Jordan Gavin, and as I feel like everyone is starting to learn, I will root for Jordan Gavin always. <laughs> so today's game is going to be a little iffy for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, though. You know what? When, you, when your loyalties are divided, you can't lose, right? You, you always like who wins the game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, now let's uh, turn our attention to our uh, our new spotlight this week. We're going to um, start opening the podcast every week with uh, a little bit of a headline synopsis. So I'll hand it over to you, Liz, and you can run down the big news of the week from the dub. Yeah, and we actually have quite a bit this week, including some that broke this morning. Um, but starting with, I believe it was Saturday, the Arizona Coyotes announced that Dylan Gunther would be staying with the NHL club. Uh, and 
honestly, if you haven't seen the video of his family being able to announce it and tell it to him in the locker room on a video call, you need to go watch it. It was the most adorable thing, and I absolutely love it. And honestly, good thing, good, good for Dylan. Like that's really exciting. I know the Oil Kings would love to have him back, but I mean, anytime you watch a guy make it to the next level, you're really excited for him. Um, and then, kind of just moving down this list, we do have a lot. You know, uh, the Regina Pats made a trade, and they're kind of bolstering up their team a little bit. Um, they did trade and acquire Zachary Ch- Zachary Chance. Um, a 2005 born player from the Prince George Cougars. Um, and they also got a 2023 third round pick in the Bantam draft. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, in exchange for Cole Dubinsky, who is an overage forward. So Prince George does fill that overage spot that they, were, they had empty. Um, I think it's a good trade for both teams. It's not the most like blockbuster trade, but I think it could be good. Um, with Regina kind of building for their future because, I mean, it's expected they're losing Connor Bedard next year, if not at the trade deadline, whatever happens there. Um, <laughs> and then the big news from today, which was very exciting for me personally, uh, Luke Prokop has officially been reassigned by the Nashville Predators to the Seattle Thunderbirds, um, is joining the, the Thunderbirds roster. The Thunderbirds are off to an incredible start. You know, they did just lose two straight to Portland. <clears throat> I'm not going to talk about that, but uh, <laughs> gonna, honestly, they're probably sitting there being like, why couldn't those games be this weekend? Now that we have Prokop here, like, it's going to be great, uh, but I can't wait to see what he does. This team's already fantastic, and, you know, he has that Memorial Cup experience now. He has that pro experience. He just got his first pro goal with the Norfolk Admirals, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and then, obviously, some big news. Uh, coming out of the Red Deer Rebels organization where they hit 15 consecutive wins to start the season, but also it's their franchise record just in general of consecutive wins with 15. So it's really exciting to kind of see a lot of success for them right now. They're kind of rolling, and and I want to know how far they can take this. Um, Yeah, I was taking a look at the uh, WHL record book, and the longest winning streak last year during the whole season was – 14 games for Edmonton in February and March. So, of course, uh, our boy Luke Prokop would have been a part of that. Um, so the Rebels are already ahead of that and counting, but they've got a little ways to go in terms of uh, the league's all-time records. The uh, longest uh, consecutive win streak of all time was the Victoria Cougars in 1981 at 24 games. Um, and then Estevan put together 22 games back in 1967. And more recently, Portland had a streak uh, in January and February of 2014 that lasted for 21 games. So that's about as close as it gets in, uh, in modern history. So uh, good on Red Deer. And uh, let's, let's see if they can keep it going. Uh, up next, our three stars of the week. Uh, as always, Liz puts uh, plenty of personal touch on her three-star selections. So uh, let's start with uh, the third star of the week, which uh, from Portland is uh, Luca Kenyuk. Yes, I promise I will start, you know, incorporating more of those Eastern Conference teams and getting getting out there a little bit more. Um, but as long as the Western boys keep performing, I'm going to keep talking about them. Um, and like you said, third star of the week, Luca Canyoni, defenseman for the Portland Winterhawks, uh, should be skyrocketing up everybody's draft lists right now just from his play. First year he's draft eligible, I will say it again, it's because he's 
like a November birthday. He's late in the year. Uh, but he's been phenomenal. You know, in four games since we last talked, he's had two points in each of the last three. He's been held off the score sheet in one of them, um, which, you know, six points in four games as a defenseman, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, but he also has a strong defensive game as well. Uh, he also, in the Sunday game against the Spokane Chiefs, um, right? Sunday, yeah, the Sunday game against the Spokane Chiefs, he did also score the shootout winner. So he had a goal, an assist, and the shootout winner in that game. Uh, just kind of everything about his play has been clicking and looking fantastic. Um, he has 14 points in 14 games this season. And as was pointed out to me by Kurt Post, I don't, I've never had to say his last name, but if he ever is listening, I appreciate him pointing this out. But uh, he brings up a good fact. His Luca Kenyon's defense partner is also another first-year draft-eligible player in Carter Southern, and they have been phenomenal. Uh, Mike Johnson, if you know anything about him, he loves his veteran defensemen, and yet he felt comfortable enough to trade away Curtis Smythe this year and have Luca Cagnoni and Carter Southern be that, that second pairing. And it's worked out. So, you know, whatever it is, this pairing is working, and I hope that we have them for a couple more years. But even just watching them right now is, is a gift, I think, a lot of people are, should be excited for. Yeah, for sure. That's a big vote of confidence from the, uh, from the coach to be uh, deploying uh, Southern and, uh, and Cagnoni that way. Uh, and of course, again, bias from me, Luca Cagnoni is from uh, my home territory in Burnaby, BC. Uh, our second star of the week is also from my neighborhood out in Richmond. Uh, and uh, that's the uh, defenseman that one of the defensemen that Liz spoke to last week from Tri-City, Lucas Dragasevic. Yes, and I promise you that I did not choose Lucas because I talked to him last week. Uh, <laughs> I just happened to talk to him last week and then he had a fantastic week. Uh, he was named. He was named the uh, WHL's Player of the Week as well. So that was, you know, a, a big moment for him. He's defensive with the Tri City Americans, and the Tri City Americans are having kind of one of those up and down starts to the season where they've had some hot stretches. And I did talk to him about that, um, and he was just saying, you know, that the confidence kind of going into this this Eastern Conference road trip that they just wrapped up was really high. Uh, you know, they went into it having just beat the Everett Silvertips and the Portland Winterhawks, who are perennial, just strong players, strong teams in this league. So beating them for the Tri-City Americans was just one of those moments when they were like, oh, we can keep up with anybody in this league. That's fine. Okay, cool. Um, they did have a little bit of struggles on their Eastern Conference road trip, but, you know, it is what it is. They're, co- they're done with it now. They're coming back to play back in the Western Conference and I think they're gonna they're gonna have a good rest of the season. Um, you know, he has seven points in four games during the that road trip, um, all in the in the Eastern Conference. So you know, for him personally, it was a great trip. Uh, he had two goals, five assists. Uh, another first year eligible or draft eligible player uh, for this summer has looked fantastic. I think a lot of people need to be talking about him more than they are. He's been getting some attention, but I think he deserves a little bit more. Um, he has 21 points in 16 games this season. I believe he's the, the uh, WHL's leading defenseman, uh, like leading scoring defenseman, um, or at least he was yesterday. <laughs> so um, I was just, it's been a good week for him. And I, I feel like he needs that kind of bump, I guess. So I was really excited to be able to add him. 
to this. Uh, uh, nice. And uh, yeah, just a, a quick note here, because Canyoni and uh, Dragon Civic are both uh, draft eligible, we figure that that is a sufficient amount of love for uh, players out of their draft year for uh, this week's episode. So we're not going to be doing a dedicated uh, draft eligible player spotlight since uh, these two are sort of sharing that uh, that honor this week within the three stars of the whole league, uh, kind of hitting a, a little bit above their weight for, uh, for, for this week as things stand. And uh, before we get to the first star of the week, I want to remind you, as always, not to freak out when we say who it is, because uh, we will have a dedicated Bedard <laughs> segment coming up later in the show. So he will uh, he will have his moment. But uh, for this week's first star, uh, we turn to a native of the Paw, Manitoba, who's 19 years old um, and did go undrafted this summer. He's a forward with the Spokane Chiefs, Chase Berthollet. Yeah, so Chase Bethlehem is another one of those players. I just realized I have talked to all three of these players within the last few months, so my bias is showing a little bit more there. Um, but yes, so Chase Bethlehem with the Spokane Chiefs has been absolutely outstanding. You know, they acquired him from the Winnipeg Ice last season, came over in that trade, I believe it was for Jack Finley, which was a massive moment when everyone was sitting there being like, oh, the Spokane Chiefs just traded away Jack Finley. Okay, sure. Um, you know, he he attended the Winnipeg Jets uh, training camp as an invite. And, you know, when he was leaving, I talked to him and he said that, you know, they noted that his speed was a strength and something that they really liked in his game. And throughout the start of the season, he's absolutely shown why they would say that. Um, he has looked fantastic. He has eight points in three games over the weekend, including four assists in that 8-7 shootout loss in Portland. Uh all three games were a multi-point game. He has 17 points in the, in the 14 games throughout the season. Like, he's just – something has been clicking for him. And honestly, I have seen a couple comments online where people are saying, like, oh, he needs to finish more. He's doing all the work leading up to taking a shot and then just doesn't get the goal. And I'm like, yeah, but give him another, another three or four weeks. It's all clicking. It's coming together for him at the right time. Um, and, you know, the Spokane Chiefs, I think, are, are kind of hitting – a little bit of another rough patch throughout their, their rebuild, rebuild, retool, whatever we're going to call it. Um, last season was a little rough. They, they did make playoffs in the last game of the season, but the start to this year has been a little iffy. Like they've looked good at times, but they've looked rough at times. And I hate saying that because if you know me, you know, I love the Spokane Chiefs. So it, it's one of those moments when I'm just sitting there watching me like, please just, Yes, but Chase Berthelet has been one of those highlights. There's been a few on the team, but Chase Berthelet, absolutely, especially this last weekend, has been fantastic. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. He's just looking great. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. We will uh, move along to our next segment, which is our NHL Team of the Week, spotlighting the uh, WHL players that are in the system this week for the Minnesota Wild as we continue to work our way through the Central Division. Um, I noticed when I was looking through your list that uh, all four of the players that are uh, that are in the Wild system all came out of the 2021 draft. And that, of course, was the insane draft where um, team, NHL teams had a really tough time getting live viewings of players and there were very limited opportunities. And even the WHL season was was very condensed, but at least they had one, unlike certain other leagues. Um, so it's interesting that uh, whoever they had scouting the dub 
obviously managed to make his voice heard very loudly in Minnesota's uh, scouting meetings, and uh, you know they got out of their four out of their seven draft picks in uh, in 2021. Four of them came from the Dubs. So uh, let's start off with Caden Bankier. Yeah. So the other thing though is not just the Dubs; they seem to have their eye on the Kamloops Blazers or players who would eventually become Kamloops Blazers. So that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, Caden Bankier. Uh, Again, from the Kamloops Blazers. I just wanted to see how many times I could say Kamloops Blazers in a 27-second period. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, he started out the season strong. He has nine goals and six assists in 12 games. He looks good. He sees the ice really well. Um, he also does just a good job of finding those plays to make. Um, and his skating, you know, I've seen a lot of talk about how it needs work. I've seen, you know, it's improved. He looks better. Um, I feel like every game and every year he's been coming out and just looking a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger. And I think that's what they want out of him. Uh, and he's been doing it. Everything else in his game kind of looks where you want it to be. Like there's not a lot that you can sit there and be like, Oh, he needs to definitely work on this. Like, of course he can make improvements, but it's not a lot of, Oh, he needs to work on this. He needs to work on this. This doesn't look good. It's like, okay, well his skating, he can work on everything else. Once he gets the skating to that level, then you work on progressing everything together. Uh, but I personally just really enjoy watching him. He does play with Logan Stankoven, so you know everyone on that team kind of doesn't quite get the level of attention that they deserve either, but he's looked good, and he's having a great start to the season. Uh, great, and Bankier was a third-round draft choice, and uh, now we turn to the fourth round, another Kamloops Blazer, uh, where uh, the Wild went with uh, right-shot defenseman Kyle Masters. Yeah, so Kyle Masters uh, was drafted as a member of the Red Deer Rebels, is now a Kamloops Blazer, so we're going to keep on that, that track. Um, he has 13 points throughout 12 games this season. Speaking of playmaking, he has two goals and 11 assists, so he's been really good at just getting other guys the puck lately. Um, I've questioned some of his decision-making in the past, um, but he's kind of shut me up at times where he's just like, no, no, I know what I'm doing. This is working. <laughs> don't, don't bother. And I've just sat there and like, oh, yeah. oh sure. Um, he's willing to make those riskier plays, though. So, like, when I say I've sat there and been like, eh. He's willing to at least try, and I feel like that's a good thing and something that at this level you kind of do want to see because you can kind of turn that into, okay, tone it down a little more versus trying to get a guy who's, oh, I'm going to play it safe, I'm going to make the safe move, do what I know works, um, trying to get them to kind of break out of that shell. I feel like, depending on the guy, is a little more difficult to do. Um, so, you know what, I'm going to keep sitting here and being like, oh, what are you doing? And he's going to keep being like, I got it. It's fun. <laughs> Another guy who tends to uh, surprise people with what he can pull off is uh, the Wild's first round draft pick who uh, is uh, patrolling the blue line for the Winnipeg Ice, and that's Carson Lambos. Yeah, so ironically, we had the conversation earlier. I think it was about like uh, Savoy, Lambos, and Geeky, where I said Lambos is kind of at that, that third of the three for me. And then I think he went out and got like, had a phenomenal next game and I went oh so he heard me and said no <laughs> um, <laughs> he is the current Winnipeg Ice captain he has 12 points in 12 games um, he does really well with physical play and I say that being like you know he's not a small guy he is 6'1 uh, but he somehow still manages to play bigger than he is um, which I mean as a guy who's 6'1 he's not huge he's not small 
but being able to play bigger than you are when you are a six foot plus player is still pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he can skate, he can defend, uh, he obviously can score. He's one of those defensemen who, like, active defensemen who can do basically everything. Um, but again, like you said, he has those moments when I sit there and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> but he has a lot of everything, but he's not at the top of the class in any area. So he's consistent, he's good, he'll do all the stuff that you want him to do, but he's not that guy who, at least for me, stands out where I'm just, I can point at him and be like, yeah, his skating is exceptional. You know, his, uh, his vision on the ice is phenomenal, where I'm sitting there like that. I'm like, he's good at all of it, but there's not one area where I can sit there and be like, oh, he's up there for me. Like, if I'm listing the top three guys, he's one of them. Yeah, got it. Uh, and then our final uh, Minnesota Wild prospect is now 20 years old. So he was passed over in his first year of draft eligibility before he got uh, snapped up in 2021 in the later rounds. And uh, that's uh, forward Josh Pillar. Yeah, so current Saskatoon Blades uh, player. And again, he was drafted as a member of the Kamloops Blazers. <laughs> uh, so that was a big moment for them. He was traded to Saskatoon back in January. Um, he has 10 points with three goals and seven assists in nine games this season. Um, he skates well, does a decent job of pressuring the opposition. And, you know, he's, he's decent to watch. Like, he doesn't stress me out like some other players. Um, <laughs> he also personally doesn't exceptionally stand out to me. Uh, but sometimes that's a good thing. He's not doing things where I'm watching him and being like, no, <laughs> this just doesn't look good. He's stand, he's playing to that level where I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable that if I'm not keeping my eye on you, you're not going to do something that I'm like, wait, what just happened? Um, Again, he's one of those guys, and I I did make it in the notes here, and I feel bad, but he's one of those guys that I tend to just not think about until he comes up, and then I'm like, oh, right. He's there, (laughs) which could be a good thing. Who knows? Yeah, Uh, got it. And um maybe it makes sense that the wild went so deep into the dub in that 2021 draft because they're pretty rich in Western Canadian players um, in their, uh, in their current roster as well. You mentioned um, Adam Beckman, who has just gotten called up from the, um, from the Iowa wild to the big club. He had three games with Minnesota last year. Um, Other alums from the WHL that are playing big roles with the wild are their captain, Jared Spurgeon, Matt Dumba, who is a big star with the Red Deer Rebels before he got picked seventh overall in his and draft year. And, yeah, that was after he was drafted. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was just showing off what he could do by that point. Um, Kalen Addison's another dub guy who uh, is getting like first unit power play time this year as, uh, as finally his first real opportunity in the NHL. Um, Mason Shaw is a 24-year-old who scored his first NHL goal last week for the for the Wild. Connor Dewar um, came out of Everett. He's 23. And Sam Steele was a member of the Regina Pats. So that's a long list compared to uh, some of the other teams that we've uh, that we've covered so far in this section. So the Wild clearly uh, appreciate their neighbors to the north and the prairies and uh, and what's happening in the Western Hockey League and have uh, have their finger on that pulse for sure. A lot of those players they acquired by trade, too. So it's not even all guys that they drafted. Um, so the Wild and the Dub keep keep. I appreciate them for that. That connection. I thought you might. <laughs> uh, now we'll turn to our goalie spotlight. Uh, this week we've got uh, 
someone I have listed as 28 years old. I think that's probably wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that would be an interesting play. I don't know how the the Blades would have gotten away with it. Uh, You know, Um, if if Austin Elliott's 28 years old, I'm impressed. Yeah, you've got him down as an 04, so I'm thinking he was an undrafted 18-year-old Austin Elliott, correct? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, he's only played eight games this season. I say only. We're not that far into the season. Eight games is a decent amount of games. Uh, He has a 7-1 record. The Blades are doing pretty well this this season. Um, He hasn't had the best showing in his last two games. Uh, but he came out of the gate this year absolutely hot. And so I say he hasn't had the best showing in the last two appearances, but he still has a 1.49 goals against and a 941 save percentage. So it, if, if his last two games weren't great, every other game before that, all five have been phenomenal. So I'm not too concerned. He's going to be just fine. Um, he's one of those goalies that I've been excited to see kind of come up into the WHL. And I've been really excited to watch him again. In previous years, a lot of my focus has been on the, on the Western Conference, and I've, I've, you know, obviously you keep an eye on the East because you're like, okay, what's coming out of there? Um, and Austin Elliott was one of those guys where I was like, all right, I'm going to watch the Blades. I want to see what you can do. I want to, I want to see this. This is exciting to me. Um, you know, still haven't seen enough of his game yet, just to be like, hey, this is where I want to put him in my like WHL goalie rankings, which people ask me for all the time. And I'm like, okay, that feels a little <laughs> iffy there. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I just wanted to talk about him because yes, like you said, he was passed over in last year's draft. Um, and I think with a good outing with the blades this year, he is a goaltender. So you know what? Teams don't usually have a problem with being like, Oh, second year draft eligible goaltender having a good year. I think I'll take that. So mm-hmm. I want to see what he can do, and I want to make sure that other people are also paying a little more attention to him. Awesome. So that's Austin Elliott from the Saskatoon Blades. Uh, next up on the agenda today, we're going directly to uh, Connor Bedard watch. Uh, only one game since our last episode, so uh, run us down on what Connor's week has been like. Uh, well, I believe he picked up two assists in that last game. Um, he has 31 points now through 16 <laughs> games. You know, it's just silly at this point. Um, I still say, and this still might be a hot take, I still say through 16 games if you told me that. I'm going to up it this week. If you told me that Connor Bedard had 40 points through 16 games, I probably still wouldn't be surprised. Uh, But, you know, now this week he's going to go out and score like two hat tricks and get like seven assists or something. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, But you actually have more to talk about with this because you had a chat about Connor Bedard that I'm actually really intrigued to hear about. <laughs> I did. I had the opportunity to speak to uh, prospects expert Chris Peters uh, yesterday, and we had a really good chat. Um, I will have a, a story coming out with him uh, for uh, my Forbes Sports Money uh, assignments. Um, well, I don't know exactly when. It's been the, the next shortly little while. Um, but uh, I was able to pick his brain a little bit specifically about the uh, WHL because he's just come out with his uh, preliminary rankings for the 2023 draft. Um, Chris is working now with the streaming service Flow Hockey. And they have the, uh, the, the rights to uh, a lot of the uh, live streams for a lot of the, um, the leagues that are feeders into, into the NHL. So that's where you'll find Chris's draft rankings now at flowhockey.tv. That's F-L-O hockey.tv. 
Um, no surprise, he's got uh, our boy Connor at number one. He's got Adam Fantilli from uh, from Michigan at number two, and then uh, Matt Matt Vaymichkov, the uh, the Russian phenom, at number three. Um, but I was uh, interested to hear his thoughts on Bedard specifically on uh, whether. He thought that there was any chance that we might see any upheaval this year, given uh, what happened with Shane Wright last year. At this time last year, you know, everybody was pretty confident that Wright was going to be the, uh, you know, nominal number one pick. And then we all know how that turned out. Um, he said he's he's interested to see the push and that Fentilli is performing even better than expected in Michigan so far this year. But um, as far as he can tell at the moment, he still thinks that Bedard is... Uh, is the presumptive number one, and it's pretty unlikely that um, that, that will change. And um, when I mentioned to him what you were saying last week about how you feel like, uh, you know, at you know more than two points a game, Bedard should, should almost be performing at a higher level than he even is. Um, he, Chris agreed with that and sort of pondered what his point, what Bedard's point totals would be like if he was playing on a more successful team than uh, than Regina this year, and if he had more talent around him and maybe if the Pats weren't playing from behind as often as they they tend to be that uh, that that could potentially create some additional opportunities for him um, you mentioned you know the idea of Bedard possibly you know maybe being a trade deadline move which would certainly be an interesting twist as the season goes on and uh, Chris said that he was watching to see if Bedard got traded in the offseason for that uh, that same reason yeah. so it's intriguing well- that was a question a lot of people were like, because I feel like there was a rumor at one point of him requesting a trade or him just expressing that he wasn't happy. And that was kind of debunked where everyone was like, no, he's playing in Regina. It's fine. But, you know, with him not coming back next season, there's a, well, I say that with him potentially not coming back next season, uh, you know, Regina might have that extra little, hey, let's get him to a team that's going to go on a deep run. And it, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't, I'm not comfortable with being like, oh, they're going to trade him, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on him. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and just one final note on Chris's list. He does have seven WHL players listed in his first round in his top 32, with the caveat that uh, obviously a lot can change between now and next June. Uh, so if you're interested to see where everybody else is ranked and who else he's looking at, uh, uh, go over to flowhockey.tv and, uh, and check that out. Uh, and that basically wraps us for this week. Anything else you want to add before I, uh, before I take us out here, Liz? No, I will say, um, Chris does not have Luca Cagnoni in his top uh, 32. And, uh, I, I'm going to take that as a personal front. However, I met Chris over the summer, uh, at the rookie face-off here in San Jose and he's fantastic. I adore him, but I'm just saying watch for Luca Cagnoni. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I was giving him a little bit of grief about not having Scott Ratzlaff on his list as well. So, uh, um, you know, we've uh, we've got we've got work to do still, but we'll see how things go. He's just very uh, cautious about goalies, he told me. Um, anyways, that wraps us up for this week. Thank you once again for uh, for joining us and listening. Uh, we'll be back with more as always next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to check out the uh, rest of our Hockey News po- family of podcasts from uh, the other CHL leagues, as well as what's going on in the U.S. and in the AHL, and of course our uh, main hockey news podcast as well with uh, with Ryan Kennedy and Mike Stevens. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>